The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Ah, she's a beauty, isn't it? The month of July. Absolutely one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, but we can't let our guard down. Uh, sell a may go away is a phrase I use on Wall Street. Uh, summer doldrums kick in. Less volume, less activity, a little more volatility. Um, perhaps even a little bit of profit taking taking place last couple of days. Not sure, but I looked at a bunch of Canadian... I look at a bunch of charts every day. That's what I do. I listen to music in my office and I comb through 500 charts every single morning. And I look at momentum indicators and look at some math and some research and uh, try to make sense of it all. But the U.S. market looks good. Uh, many, much of it. Uh, there was a lot of talk this year that uh, 9 or 10 stocks were driving the S&P 500, which is true. Um, they call that breadth. Uh, how many stocks are participating to the upside? And that's therefore called narrow breadth when very few are participating. But breadth has widened out. Uh, I'd say about 50% of stocks now look pretty good in the S&P 500, and well, the other 50% perhaps are going to play catch-up as time unfolds. Um, but a uh, little rotation, a little profit-taking as well uh, taking place. But look at these charts, I'll tell you, uh, as a Canadian, eh? Uh, not a lot of good stuff out there, eh? Uh, Canadian banks, cheaper than chips, big fat dividends, trending lower. Uh, commodity stocks, notably oil, trending lower. Uh, technology, we don't have a lot of that. The few we do have actually look really good. Um, a few software companies here in Canada, they actually got some strength to them, which is good. Uh, but the industrial space, a little bit of depth there in Canada. Uh, the engineering firms, uh, not bad. Uh, seeing a bit of action. Stantec looked like it's breaking up to an all-time high. Finning, uh, heavy equipment uh, company, uh, looks decent. Uh, but the mining stock's not as good. Uh, anyways, going to try to uh, bring all this together, see if there's some opportunity to make some money here in North America, in, in Canada anyways. I'm, I'm Jack and I tend to make a lot of our money in the United States for clients. Canada's a little tougher market. But uh, Yuri Link, uh, he's one of our analysts, North American uh, growth companies in the capital goods sector. Uh, our good friend Yuri, uh, recognized for his work uh, by Starmine Analyst Awards uh, from Refinitiv, uh, stock picking 2017. Uh, he used to cover small caps uh, at one of those big bank-owned dealers. And then he, well, uh, came to the uh, greener pastures uh, over at Canaccord. Yuri, uh, my friend, thank you. Welcome back to hi Fire Radio. I hope you are well. Hey, Wolf. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, let's begin. Uh, Canadian marketplace. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff doesn't look good. But your space actually has, you know, got some... Uh, I don't know, a bit of wind at its back, perhaps? Uh, what, what, what's catching your attention right now in the industrial engineering space? Yeah, well, you know, our work uh, has really focused on uh, three megatrends that, that I think are driving the share price performance that you're seeing uh, across those, those names. So, you know, Stantec is our top pick for this year. It's up 35%. Um, Finning, which you mentioned, is up 17%. SNC Lavalin, 44%. You know, these, these are all massive outperformers this year. Um, 
And and I would say that the reason for that is we're seeing these these mega trends, which I'm going to touch on if you'll allow me. Really I will, quick. please. Um, we're, we're seeing them actually come into the to the here and now. So the, the first one is the infrastructure deficit. And, you know, you and I have talked about this for a long time. Uh, we always knew there was one. Uh, it was a question of when it was going to be addressed, if and when it was going to be addressed. And and right now in the United States, that deficit sits at close to $3 trillion. The American Society of Civil Engineers was out with their latest update about 18 months ago, and they gave they gave the country a C grade, which looks like my report card back in the day. But that, that's that's not that's not going to cut it. And um, so major major investments need to be made, and especially when you think about uh, population growth, it just amplifies the need. So. What happened there is the the Biden administration came out with the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, $1.2 trillion, and we are seeing that money now flow. Um, construction spending, you know, a good year would have been 3 to 5% growth. Construction spending in the U.S. year to date through May is uh, pushing 20%. Wow. And you are seeing that in the backlogs and the order books of uh, companies like Stantec, like WSP Global, like SNC that are that are well positioned there. Um, the other big theme is is decarbonization. We all know about that. Uh, the move away from oil and and uh, into other energy uh, sources that's going to require a lot of engineering, a lot of construction of these new of new generating capacity also means a lot of mining of the critical elements that are going to be needed to, to drive those wind turbines and those EV cars. And, and so that's, that's been really driving not only the engineering firms, but then you start getting into the, the finnings and the torments of the world, which are servicing the equipment, which is digging the stuff out of the ground. And then the last one is, is a, I'd say a, not as major a driver, but the, the, the whole reshoring thing. I think mm. this is a long-term trend and, and you're seeing, you know, the Chips Act in the U.S. So there's there's a lot of manufacturing plants getting built um, in the United States now, and, and obviously that's to the benefit of anybody in the construction business. So those are the drivers, Wolf, as, as we see it. And then it's it's about picking your horses and and figuring out the, the best way to, to to play it. And um, you know, the we we, talk, we mentioned Stantec a number of times, and that's because they're generating over half of their sales in in the United States, and they're a top player in water, which is getting a lot of attention lately and a lot of money. Um, but one that we flagged this morning, actually, in, in a research piece, a bit of a table pounder, was um, Badger Infrastructure Solutions. Um, and if I can just give you the, the quick quick hit on that one, and then I'll turn it over to you for any other questions you have. But Please. Badger is one that's lagged. So Badger... You know, it's up three percent this morning. It's up so now it's up nine percent on the year, uh, but but badly lagging all those other names that that we mentioned earlier. And, and our call is that you're going to see that performance gap narrow in the back half of the year. Um, they are ninety eighty five percent, let's say, U.S. exposed into the construction space. So the macro is extremely compelling. Um, they are their their solution is the hydrovac truck which is a safe way to excavate. 
everybody wants to be safe. That's all the companies talk about now, especially that they're under the, the ESG lens. And so it's, it's uh, very, very popular now to be ESG friendly, and that's going to require more safe digging. So the revenue was up 25% in Q1. That's all organic. Um, wow. We think this is a tremendous growth stock uh, here that's, that's trading at the low end of its historical range. And uh, we expect good numbers in, in Q2. We actually took our estimates up a tad uh, and brought our target price up to $44 from 40 Stock is uh, just under 30 bucks this morning. If you're just tuning in, show is about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein, Portfolio Manager uh, with CG Wealth Management, along with my partner, Jack Hartle, who's also a Portfolio Manager. Uh, we are blessed to have our partner, uh, research analyst, uh, Yuri Link. Uh, he covers North American growth stocks that uh, participate in the engineering and industrial sector. Uh, your megatrend um, backdrop, Yuri, I think is absolutely brilliant. Uh, I was taking a lot of notes as you were speaking. So you see three megatrends uh, running, let's say for five or 10 years, I'm going to guesstimate uh, one being the infrastructure deficit, uh, meaning that America needs to rebuild itself to the tune of over $3 trillion, getting uh, about a trillion of that money from the uh, Biden administration's Job Act. Uh, number two, the decarbonization, uh, a global phenomenon. Uh, yeah, uh, interesting. And number three, the reshoring uh, of manufacturing, supply lines, semiconductors. You know, I, I, I'm I quite fascinated by what you're saying because honestly, all the narrative this year is going to what megatrend? Jack, pay attention. You got it? Come on. Pop quiz. You're talking about the recession, the looming recession? I'm talking about artificial intelligence, uh, AI. Everything that I've been yakking about this year has been AI, AI, AI. So I actually appreciate you highlighting uh, three other equally uh, important and sustainable uh, megatrends, Yuri. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, please, let's take a quick break, uh, pay some bills around here at Chorus Entertainment down in the lovely Lake Ontario. Jack Hartle by my side, Hi-Fi Radio Show About Money. Get right back to it. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Come on, let's work, 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 work. Come on, let's work it to the bone. Come on, let's work. Work. Welcome back, friends. It's what you got to do. You heard me. You got to work. And you got to save. And you have to invest. And then you must repeat for about 25 years minimum. That is the holy grail of building wealth. Work save, invest, repeat. And how often should you go to work? Every day. And how often should you save? Every paycheck. Uh, and how often should you invest? As the paycheck uh, gets saved, you invest it right away. Uh, dollar cost average. That's what you do. And you do it slowly. You watch. You watch. You know, saving your first hundred grand takes time. Saving your, your first million takes a long time. But then the magic begins, my good friends, because once you got a million to get a hundred grand tacked onto it, nothing to it. Ten percent return will do the trick. Jack, please. 
hundred percent wolf. I actually had a call with a I'll say a prospect uh, this week. Uh, combined couple was making almost four hundred thousand dollars, Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, you know, I'd love to work with you guys, but I'm going to wait until I have X amount of money to work with you. I said, no, 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 start, start saving now, start compounding now. And I went through your compounding tables with them, five bucks a day, thousand dollars a month, how much it ends up with. That's a thousand dollars a month. Nine percent. It's over four million dollars in forty. So it's four point seven million bucks. Yeah. yeah. You start at twenty. If you start at twenty-five thousand dollars a month at nine percent, twenty-five to age sixty-five, four point seven million dollars. Who wants that? Do you want four point seven milski? Ah, Yuri, uh, our research analyst uh, covering uh, growth stocks and industrials. Would you like four point seven million dollars? Sure. Well, why not? But Yuri, again, I go back to you know, you and I manage money and you, you speak to institutions and you grandiose ideas and you get into big trends and you know you pick your 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 horse and and, and you, you build wealth but the 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 true just of it all is is back to the warren buffett um wealthy barber millionaire next door speak uh which is live beneath your means and and think really long term and don't get shaken out. I gotta say, uh, and get started, Wolf. Hey, get hey, started because well, that's the one thing that this person has everything. Said. They said, "I'm 40." I said, "Well, when do you want to start? When you're 50, start now." You know, the best time to start if you haven't done it is today or tomorrow. It is exciting, um, but you have to get a, get on the uh, train. Uh, so, Yuri, uh, covered off some mega trends. I, I, again, I, I commend you for that work, and I, uh, I'm really glad you uh, refreshed us on uh, those three mega trends that you're uh, building a narrative around. And you know, it's amazing. Uh, the world of investing, <laughs> for stock to go up, there must be demand for it. Uh, and demand comes from many different uh, areas, uh, pure earnings power. Uh, but the one that gets me intrigued is when there's a story around it that's really what gets things going and that's when valuation gets pushed aside so so yuri you have a good story in your sector uh the names that you mentioned and the stantec is the one i have been highlighting with jack in my office um i said call yuri on stantec get his opinion on it and the reason it's catching my attention because it's making uh 52 week highs in fact i think it's even pushing at all-time highs right now but my question is runway from these levels forward, you mentioned you like Badger Daylighting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh that name when I get back into the office. But uh, uh, Finning, Stantec, uh, S&C, Lavlin, so other highlighted names. Uh, how much more runway do you see for the names without getting too uh, stretched in valuation, Yuri? Well, those, of those three names, I would say SNC would have the most upside. It's also got the most risk. You know, this is a um, the turnaround of all turnarounds. Um, they are in the, I would say, the, the, the eighth inning of this turnaround. Um, certainly the market's buying it with, with you know, the, the stock performance this year. But this is still trading at a, at a material discount to its peers, which would be the, the Stantex and WSPs of the world. So certainly um, that's one that if, if you're comfortable taking a bit more risk in your portfolio, that's one that's got exposure to, to those mega trends. Uh, still, like I said, in a bit of a turnaround situation, you know, the free cash flow is not going to look as good as some of those other names in the, in the, near, in the near term. But longer term, you know, we've got a uh, 40, yeah, $42 target. Stocks thirty four, so so still really good upside on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the, the finning as well. I mean, we've still got room to, to run there. Uh, we've got a $47 target price, stock's 39. Um, and, you know, Stantec's the one that's, you know, pushing up. So we've got a $91 target, stock's 87. Now they could go and do an acquisition, which has typically been very accretive and, and something that we, we've written about in the past. And those are not in our numbers and all else equal uh, tend to be catalysts for the name. So, um, yeah, that, that, that'd be the, the, the pecking order in terms of upside from here. You're just moving on, looking at some of the other names that you cover. I see uh, uh, Domain Building Materials. Is that the old Canwell? It is, yeah. Okay, so we recently uh, bought some U.S. home builders. We own West Fraser Timber as well. What, what's your view on uh, the lumber stocks in here at, at this part of the cycle? Um, I mean, I think it's always tough to call where lumber's going. Um, you know, I think that the housing start numbers, uh, people got a bit excited about them. Uh, the May numbers showed an improvement over April and, and, you know, lumber started to rally. And I think a bit of that was due to supply concerns due to the wildfires. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you if you look uh, versus last year, housing starts are still way down. Uh, mortgage applications are still down 25-30% year on year. Um, so personally for me, it's a bit too early to get um, to, to get constructive on, on that sector. Um, but, you know, the, the, the last few data points, I guess, have shown maybe we're, we're approaching a bottom. Well, no, because what, what Jack and I are seeing clear as day is U.S. home builders. There's no real home builders in Canada. You can follow publicly traded companies that are significant. Not the but same, no. In the United States, every darn home builder is, is pushing at uh, all-time but, highs. But that's a structural issue that it they is have in the U.S. Issue, because correct. high interest rates, higher interest rates now, everyone down there has 30-year mortgages that are locked in. So there is no, or there's a lot less uh, secondary houses that are moving on the market. So if you want a new home right now, you got to pay up and actually go to a new builder. And pl- uh, plus immigration is, is pushing up demand for houses. Uh, there is a, a global, um, is glut the word I'm looking for? Short, no, sorry, global, global shortage. shortage uh, At of, least a of, North of, American of, one. Anyways, a a sure. Western world shortage of, of, of houses without question. Uh, and if you build a house, you need some two by fours to do that. Um, and the wildfires certainly are uh, exacerbating the uh, demand side of things, or the pricing side of things, I should say, uh, with, with supply restrictions. And but I in mean, terms of a cycle uh, trade there, or where we're at in the cycle, Yuri, is it you wait? A little bit further out where, you know, if the Fed has gone too far or the Bank of Canada has gone too far uh, and then you see, a, I'm going to say, a, a clear view to lower interest rates, is that when you sort of want to get into that type of an early cyclical company? Yeah, I mean, I, I get your long-term view and I completely agree. There's We've, we've underbuilt um, for decades and there's definitely a shortage of housing even in Canada. Especially so, so in Canada. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, with, with these home builders up uh, 50, 60, 100 percent, looking on my screen here, mm-hmm. um, I'd probably wait personally. I, I don't I don't cover these stocks, but, um, you know, uh, do you want to chase that? I don't know. But, yeah, no, it's tough. We, we put our toe in the water. I might get my head handed to me, but we bought such a small position just to uh, be there because momentum is a powerful force. Uh, Sir Isaac Newton uh, put it best, a body in motion stays in motion until, well, it interacts with something else. And uh, I, I do find, Yuri, from a momentum point of view, when you get into mid-year, uh, the strong sectors 
for the most part, remain strong, carrying through into year end. And then in the new calendar, the turn of the calendar is when the rotation often begins. Uh, anyways, Yuri Link, uh, Kent, thank you enough for spending some time with us covering uh, the Stantex and Finnings and SNC Lavalans of the world along with Badger and your uh, three mega trends that you're paying attention to. I want to repeat them, uh, friends, don't pay attention. It's actually very interesting stuff here. Uh, you got the infrastructure deficit. Uh, again, that's a, that's a Western world phenomenon, specifically in America. They're speaking about a $3, $3 trillion uh, uh, deficit of infrastructure. In other words, they have to rebuild $3 trillion bucks worth of roads and bridges. Uh, decarbonization, a uh, massive trend. We see that, we hear that, and the reshoring. Uh, and certainly semiconductor companies are getting a lot of attention, as are those batteries manufacturers. So there's a lot we can uh, chew on uh, from an investing point of view, and that's what you need. You need a narrative. Uh, have a great weekend, Yuri. Uh, we are going to uh, speak with Jennifer Lynch uh, coming up out of the break. She is a lawyer uh, focusing on uh, estate law, estate planning. We're talking about wills. The most important document I know you all have, right? You all have a will, right? Yeah? Uh, no? Huh. You need one. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Hard to break into. Got to find my post, as we like to say. Cool tune, isn't it? The Clash, indeed. Uh, Katya Galati uh, is our producer. Uh, she's actually uh, going to be saying goodbye to us, and uh, can't tell you what a delight it is having uh, Katya produce this show for the last uh, several months. Um, we're going to bring her on because Jennifer Lynch is joining us. Jennifer Lynch is a lawyer, a partner at Linmac uh, Law Firm, and she focuses on estate planning. Uh, we're talking about wills and, well, making sure that your worldly possessions are uh, assigned according to your wishes. So, uh, Jennifer, thank you for joining us uh, once again on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be back. So uh, if you, friends at home, please turn up your radio. This is such an important conversation we're going to have. Honestly, if you pay attention, we're going to help you a lot. Um, You need to have a will. If you are married, uh, you need to have a will. If you're 15 or 18, living at home, don't worry about it. You you pass away. Mom and dad get everything, so uh, so be it. But uh, beyond that, if you're married, you need to have a will. And if you don't have a will and you pass away, you pass away what's called intestate. Uh, and, you know, even if you're an adult, a single adult, um, you need a will. Uh, Katya, um, I want you to share with us, again, you're the producer of Hi-Fi Radio, uh, share with us what you said to us about um, uh, the amount of people who pass away. Uh, and you said there's basically some unknown dead bodies. Yes, that, uh, they that... end up unclaimed. So basically when someone passes away and no one is able to claim their body, they're classified as unclaimed. So basically the city takes care of the funeral preparations. And what I found out recently is that there's actually been a rise in unclaimed bodies across the province of Ontario. In 2022, there were 983 unclaimed bodies. Most of these were older people coming from old age homes or long-term care homes. 
2021, there were 742, and I believe in 2020, I don't have the number right in front of me, but we were somewhere in the 600s. Before that, we were kind of staying steady within the 300 to 400 range. But in the recent years, there has been a, like a, an explosion. Yeah, an explosion, pretty much. And uh, it's a phenomenon that they don't really know why, but I've been speaking to a lot of funeral directors who deal with these, and they're saying it's because a lot of people don't have end-of-life preparations. Uh, Jennifer, <laughs> unclaimed bodies. Are you familiar with those statistics? That, that should be good for your business. Those are a surprise for me to hear. They certainly are. That's very sad. Yeah, it is sad. So um, friends at home get a will. Uh, Jennifer, for a no-nonsense simple will, let's start with the simple will because your first will should be simple because we all start out as simple people, uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's a simple will going to cost, Jennifer? I think that the prices, you know, the, the fees for doing them very much vary. And I think, you know, a lot of the the, the difficulty is um, a lot of lawyers like myself, we will charge um, based on an hourly rate. And a lot of that will include kind of the, the conversations involved and the communications. And then, of course, the kind of time it takes to prepare it and, and have somebody sign. So sometimes even though someone's um, assets or their circumstances can seem quite simple, um, there, you know, it's it's a little bit difficult to gauge until you really start having the conversation. But that should never be a deterrent. I think that for a lot of people, the the cost might be less, a lot less than they think. And the benefits to having a will, you know, some a piece of paper which is going to govern all of the assets that somebody owns, are going to kind of far outweigh any kind of uh, cost concerns that somebody may have. But okay, again, I'm, I'm going to press you on this, Jennifer, and if I'm going to throw some numbers on the table here, and every, every lawyer is priced differently, and lawyer Jennifer is making a very good point. Don't babble when you sit in front of someone like Jennifer, because time is money. <laughs> no babble. No, no, think in advance. Do some homework with your spouse or yourself. Get your you know, your uh, poop in order, shall we say. That's right. Get your poop in order. Uh, write it down and then you can have, a, you know, names and beneficiaries and what assets you have. Write it down in advance and then you can hand it to the lawyer and, okay, here's what we want. What do you recommend? You, know, you can do it in half an hour. Or you can do it in three hours. But I think three hours is going to cost more than half hour if my math is correct. But, uh, but Jennifer, can a, a single person get a will, a pretty straightforward will done for a thousand bucks, give or take? I think a thousand dollars is probably, uh, you know, uh, on the the very very low end. Very low side, thing. yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, I would I would think, of, uh, but certainly a few thousand dollars. A couple thousand bucks to do the trick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, friends, it is such an important document. It's a document that you need to review. Any time there's a major change in your life, uh, or if you perhaps forgot what you wrote in your will, and people do forget what they put in their will. Um, I uh, have been an executor to uh, a few estates now. And I'm going to tell you, as an executor, it is a lot of work. And you know something? There is no upside to being an executor, but nothing but downside. There is risk. And that, Jennifer, is what I want to talk to you about. Uh, I want you to uh, state the responsibility, the importance of being an executor um, and why some people may not want to be an executor, and 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 also the importance that the, the the person who's having the will written that they communicate with their executor in advance to make sure that they're good with taking on such a role. So speak about the risks of being an executor. Scare the bejeebies out of people. Why don't we start that way, Jennifer? 
I, I guess what you, you know, what you would call risks, I might call responsibilities. I mean, it is like you've identified, it's a big responsibility. I think a, a lot of people, you know, want to name family members and often want to name their children to be the executor of your, their estate or all of their children, maybe to be the executor of their estate because they do view it as an honor and they don't want to leave any child out. Mm. But I, I would say that, you know, that's not always the best approach. It is a very big responsibility and it's worthwhile picking somebody or, or multiple people who you feel have the qualities to do a very important job. So are they trustworthy? Are they capable and reliable? Um, you know, it's good to have somebody who may have knowledge of your affairs and your assets already. So namely your spouse or a professional, somebody who is well familiar with you and your family, like your accountant or, or like your lawyer, or like you've mentioned, your trustee investment advisor. Um, so those are, are very often people that that uh, that persons go to when they're choosing an executor. Yeah, and I can I interrupt you there, Jennifer, because for the most part, our compliance officer would not be happy if a client named me. I, I, I'd be a conflict of interest. So clients, I'm going to say for the most part, should not, um, and I'm, gonna, so I'm, I'm, I'm contrasting you, but the client should not hire the investment advisor as the executor. Uh, you got to be careful for that one. Uh, I, I guess it's doable, but uh, I know- It's doable. I know, we would certainly refuse that one we, that in would terms be of true. conflict of interest, but, but in terms except of, for family members. But I want to talk we'll, about responsibility as the executor, because again, and if you're going to become an executor, know what you're in for. Uh, you have to deal with Revenue Canada. There's so much fun to deal with because, you know, something three years after you file your paper, they can throw a red herring at you of, you know, a $28 dividend that came in late. And now you owe them 12 bucks in tax and the money's been distributed. I've seen that happen. And you got to report back to them. you got to hire an account to do another tax return. The tax return is more than the bill owing. I kid you not. And it's frustrating. Um, I'm going to also say, and Jen, I want to repeat this point, because uh, I, I have a fair bit of experience dealing now with wills as a, a financial advisor, because clients uh, pass away, and we have to then help them uh, sort their affairs out. Uh, and I will say, Jennifer, a couple of things. Number one, yeah, it should be the most qualified child that you have, the one who's most capable of dealing with accountants, dealing with lawyers, dealing with tax returns, dealing with Revenue Canada, knowing how much to distribute, when to distribute it. The other one out there, Jennifer, is this letter of clearance from the government. I'm going to say, what a joke, good luck on, on, on getting letter of clearance because it can take forever and the money just sits in the account, keeps generating a return, keeps generating tax... Uh, 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 Reporting uh, to, requirements. And yet the government doesn't want money sitting in these trusts. That's why I was trying to have you flush them out to the bennies, but they won't give you a notice of clearance. So you, you're taking on that liability. But Jennifer, we're going to take a quick break. I want you to think about what I just said and I want you to come back and respond to that, Okay. Okay. Jennifer, Jennifer Lynch is with us. She is a lawyer. Uh, she focuses on estate planning. Uh, her company she is a partner at is Linmac, right here in Toronto. Uh, quick break. Get right back to Hi-Fi Radio 640 Toronto. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Little Law & Order. Digging the uh, bass and the guitar in that. Uh, 
the bass is almost a little like a Seinfeld bass, eh? Funky stuff. Of course, came from the 80s, man. Good era of, of music. Now, actually, Law & Order is probably more of a 90s phenomena. Um, anyways, so, so is Seinfeld. Good stuff. Jennifer Lynch, lawyer, uh, drafter of wills. Yes, she drafts wills, and she's excellent at it. Uh, she drafted my will, and I just had one of our clients get a, an updated will because I noticed a bit of a, well, a few little things I didn't like in their will, so I said, you want to go back in and uh, do a little refresh on your will. Uh, I cannot stress this point enough. Choose your executors wisely, not emotionally. Who is capable of executing your wishes efficiently? Uh, who's willing to take on the job? It's a lot of work. They got to go down to the local, the, the, go down to your bank and, and, and introduce themselves to the bank manager and bring in documents, uh, death certificates, and uh, copies of uh, copies of the will. Uh, well, what do you call it when the will has been uh, verified as a true copy, Jennifer? It has to be. Uh, what's the word for it? We call it probated. No, no, the other, but the other thing notarized? is notarized, a notarized will, yeah. Because there, there, there really is only one will out there. I'm going to uh, also uh, throw out um, something to uh, Ontarians, I guess, Jennifer. This is a provincial phenomena. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're the lawyer. Uh, but a will, my good friends, once probated, becomes a public document. Anyone can see your will. True or false, Jennifer? True. People don't know that. That's a provincial phenomenon, isn't it? Uh, it, it is, um, and it's not, uh, you know, that's not to say that every time somebody makes a will, that a will needs to be probated and that it's therefore public. Um, there are ways, certainly if people are concerned about privacy, uh, there are certainly ways uh, dealing with that. And the most common way is to make dual wills. So, you know, one a primary and a secondary will that might govern certain assets and to put the more sensitive assets that one may think do not require probate into the will that they think uh, into the secondary will, which won't uh, be probated. And therefore that's uh, private and will remain kind of unseen after that person's death. And only the will then the primary will or the public will will then become a public probated document. Upon so, Pence, you have to pass away uh, and have that will verified by the courts that it is the true final copy, and then it becomes a public document. Yeah, it's the That's true right. final copy. It is public, as you said, Wolf. And part of the reason for that is so that everyone sees what is in the will, and there's potential to contest a will if you think that you're owed something. Is that correct, Jennifer? And have you seen that? Um, have you dealt with that uh, over time? I have, uh, I practice uh, a, a state administration on the solicitor side, so I don't deal with litigious uh, beneficiaries. I don't see it that often, um, but of course it does happen from time to time. Have, have you had one of your wills contested? And uh, my I, point I, being I, is you want to make sure that if you're, you're talking about $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 to write a will, if it's going to be contested, you want to make sure that it's ironclad so that your wishes while you're alive are carried through, obviously, by your executor upon your death. That's right. And I mean, fortunately, I have never had one of my wills contested, but I mean, this is, of course, a common occurrence. Oh, yeah, no, we just had a client uh, or a prospect in our office uh, uh, who's dealing with the uh, father's estate. And yeah, oh. it's uh, often for the uh, larger states, too, right? No, you're not well, going to contest a will when, it, when there's only $100,000 in the will and, you know, not, not really too much to split up, especially if you're uh, multiple family members. But large estates, it's a problem. Uh, well, and again, the, all the more reason to, to really work with an amazing team that understands exactly something Jennifer just said. You could have multiple wills, have a will for your business, perhaps. Uh, you're supposed to have a separate will. Uh, the other point I would make, Wolf, uh, you talk about the will and, you know, 
get a properly drafted will. Uh, a good practice is to have your financial advisor review it so that they can make sure that all your accounts and the beneficiaries on your accounts are aligned. That's very important, Jack. So it's very important that you know you have your will and estate lawyer, you have your financial advisor. And your Every, accountant. Yeah, everyone's working together to make very sure important. that it's taken care of I'll upon t- your passing. I'll tell you something, Jennifer, we do a very good job on it. I, I, I want you to summarize, again, why people should have a will. But for friends at home, you know, when, when our clients work with us and there's a passing within the family, they call us first and we help them. We guide them as to what steps they need to take to um, uh, deal with an estate. And again, of course, one of the first things you must do is contact, uh, get the will, contact the lawyer uh, and have that will probate it. You have to do a summary of all the assets and you have to submit that with the with the lawyer. They are then going to have to calculate the value, calculate how much probate. And you know something, friends, you get to pay probate up front. Hey, Jennifer. You do. Up front. That means you have to have access to, you know, if you have a million dollar estate, a probate on a million dollar estate, Jennifer, what, 15 grand? That's correct. All right, 15 grand. You have to cut the check, uh, cut the government a check pretty quickly for $15,000, which means you have to go to that bank that I mentioned to you and hope that they're now going to open the account up to you. Turn Because again, they're slow. Banks don't move as quick as you want them to. That's a good point there, Wolf. So people that need liquidity often use insurance to bridge that gap. Or they're, Meaning, if, they, if they don't have to use your own funds. And then, oh, no, which, no, no, no. Yeah. I'd say my point is, but if you have an illiquid asset, maybe you have a, a family cottage or something that you don't necessarily want to sell, but you got to come up with some cash. Mm-hmm. There's opportunities for will and estate planning through insurance as well that need to be looked at for individuals in those circumstances. And I'm just speaking, Jack, about simpli- simply getting access to the local to, to your yeah. uh, to the person's bank account. That can be onerous. It could take weeks. Uh, and again, friends, if you if you are you know getting on in age, having a bit of extra dry powder in your bank is, is, is not a bad thing. You know, Jennifer, what do you think? Does it make any sense to to uh, perhaps uh, put your your own bank account joint with uh, your your tr- some trusted person that uh, perhaps your executor have them, have them joint on the account to begin with, so they have easier access well, to the money? Well, I, I do understand your your point about having some liquidity. I mean, you mentioned the the probate fees for a million dollars would be fifteen thousand dollars, so they're one point five percent of the assets of an estate. So you can imagine. The more assets you have, the more probate fees need to be paid up front. Now, I don't generally recommend people uh, do uh, put accounts jointly in somebody else's name, only because you can imagine kind of the complications that, mm-hmm. that can arise um, when somebody do when people do do something like this. They I agree. Can, you know, have a lot of unintended consequences. Um, of course, this is then becomes an asset of this other person's, and if there's an unusual death order. Um, that can cause a complication or it can inadvertently become an asset of that other person's in the event that they their marriage dissolves or they have any sort of separation from their spouse. So there's really kind of some hiccups that can happen with that. But as, as um, you had mentioned there, a good idea is life insurance. Life insurance can really help with that liquidity. Money comes quicker, yeah. Exactly. Having named beneficiaries on registered plans like an RSP can really help, again, to have some liquidity. Very often, like we were talking about, an executor can be someone's child, someone's adult child. Very often they may want to leave uh, RSP proceeds to them. So that's a, a kind of way of getting cash access to cash assets right away. Yeah, but again, I, I, I'm going to jump in here, Jennifer, if I may. Sure. Um, if, if I have, uh, again, uh, my executor could very well be a different, often is a different person than a beneficiary. 
I have life insurance policy. The money's going to the beneficiary. The Benny is still not going to pay that probate. It is still the executor has to go to that bank and get money out. And the other thing, by the way, friends, the first bill you, you get to pay as a um, trustee is the funeral. Yep, funeral. That'll cost you ten grand. You need quick access to ten thousand dollars when someone uh, passes. Depends, which, and that's depends which kind of casket you're getting, Wolf. Could be more. Excuse me. More. The, the the pine box is about fifteen hundred. I know. I'm the saying car, if you're going the higher, car, you might go fifty. Yeah, start, 50, I, think, I think cardboard's eight hundred. <laughs> I think the pine box is fifteen. They look so disgusting. <laughs> you're, you're minimum five grand for for a bit of a polish. Five what? grand is the low end, basic um, uh, coffin that that I've sold. I've, I've purchased a couple. It's it's awful. It's an awful. Awful experience. No flowers with that wolf. No some flowers. No, I, no, good? no, no flowers. I put flowers on my grave. That's a stone, Rolling Stone song. We'll have to queue up if the show was longer. Jennifer, let's go back to. Um, so, friends, I, I hope I scared you. If you're going to become an executor, know what you're in for. It's a big responsibility. Uh, sure, and we touched briefly on um, how much. Uh, can an executor be paid? Uh, should an executor be paid? Uh, and or should you the, give to an executor, Wolf? Or, or well, they're, they're, that's a good point, Jack's making. Gift to the executor rather than uh, having them take an executor fee. There's a tax benefit that way as well. So speak about executor fees and how many people actually end up taking them uh, versus having them actually written into the will. Sure. So, so I mean, you've identified a, a number of ways that executor fees can be determined, a number of good ways. Um, there's no kind of one set way that, that compensation for a, an executor will happen. It can be a fee that you can include in your will if you have a specific dollar amount in mind. And, and that can even include no compensation if that's your wish. Um, there can be a negotiated agreement that you can sign with with an, an executor, and certainly if you are hiring a professional uh, trust institution, well, you're paying now. Have, you're gonna pay. Yes, so well, mm-hmm. they will have an agreement that they want you to. Sign but yeah, so how much? So what would a trust company normally charge to be the executor? And I know it's, a, it's not cheap. They're not cheap. So so I, I sh- they're usually a little bit above kind of what we call uh, uh, standard tariffs at law. So if an individual acts as an estate trustee and there's, they're entitled to uh, they're entitled to charge such compensation for fair and a reasonable fair uh, allowance for their care and their trouble in acting. And that's usually two and a half percent of revenue receipts and disbursements and two and a half percent of capital receipts and disbursements. So about five percent of the overall value of the estate. Yeah. So a, a professional trust company Generally, they, they vary. Of course, there's many of them out there. All the major financial institutions now have a, a professional trust uh, component to their services, and those are generally higher than that 5% that an individual would charge. Now, I will tell you, by, by the way, individuals, if you're frothing at uh, taking 5% in for, for all of your efforts, and you're entitled to it if that's what you want, please be aware. It is taxable. You must report it on your income. Correct, Jennifer? Correct. And a lot of people forget about that, but it is very much taxable. It's important that that uh, that if anybody is acting and they do take compensation, that they report it in their tax return as income. As income. Exactly. Now, it's not to say that just because you act, you can go ahead and take this 5%. It's, It's a little bit of a complicated accounting exercise, but ultimately it needs to be approved either by a majority of beneficiaries of the estate or by a court. So you can do something called a passing of accounts and you can put your compensation in front of the court. They'll 
take a look at whether or not that's reasonable given the the tasks involved and the complexity of the estate. Um, but they would they would approve it as an alternative to having a uh, the beneficiaries approve. Or, or you could have the beneficiaries agree to. But they, but so the beneficiaries of the court have to approve your fee. It's not car. It's not. It's not car, car blanche. Exactly before oh. you take it. Wow! Um, so, Didn't know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lynch, you do a great job. I thank you for your estate planning genius, uh, crafting of wills. If my friends, it is so important. I beg you, get a will. Uh, indeed. On that note, happy note, happy times. May you live long. May you prosper. May you be healthy. May you be wise. And, well, may you support charities uh, while you're alive and, well, when you pass as well. Got to go. It's been a good time. I want to thank you for spending an hour with us. Uh, You have a choice as to how you spend your hour. And the fact you spent an hour with us, well, it's very flattering. And I want to thank you for that. Uh, God bless. Speak to you next Saturday right here on 640 Toronto. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardhill, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email wolfandjack at wolfgangkline.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going lock on your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.